Hey everyone, this is JJ Outlaw. And this is T Outlaw. And we are back. Yes, we are back fresh for 2024, a new episode of the Gourmet Goober Podcast. 2024, you want more. <laughs> so you can catch me on Instagram at Gourmet Goober. You can catch me on X, at least for now. That'll be changing soon at JJ Outlaw. And as always, if you want to be on the Facebooks, Look us up. We're at the Gourmet Goober blog, but Instagram is right now where we're going to be hanging out a little bit more starting relatively soon. As always, I host this show every episode with my BFF, that dude, the head dude in charge. I, I've run out of nicknames for you. You you have your own. <laughs> anyway, this is T Outlaw, my BFF and hubby. How are you doing? I am doing well. You can find me, T Outlaw, on the X slash Twitter, if such be, at T Outlaw, W T O U T L A W, and on IG at T Outlaw Chelsea Wells. Um, for those of you who've listened to the show, you know that X slash Twitter, I'm going to keep calling it Twitter. It's Mama called it Twitter, so. Fuck what that dude has to say. Tweet, <laughs> who took, tweet. Who took over. But, yeah. I'm just growing more and more disturbed by some of the content that is on there that's allowed to get through. And I, as sad as it is because X has, or Twitter has been a, a big part of, you know, my career. You know, I got on TV because of X and had situations where, I had really great experiences because of Twitter. Um, more and more, it looks like it's time to move on. So that is why I'm thinking about doing that. But when I do, I'll put it out. And of course, you can always hook us up at thegourmetgooper.com. And, you know, we've had that website since 2013. So, yeah, let that be the main way that we communicate if and when I finally depart the big bird. But, yeah. Good to be back. Good to be back. For those of you who've reached out to us and wonder where we are, first of all, I want to say thank you. Um, we were not expected to take the time away that we did, but we had to deal with some unexpected situations that happened off mic. Um, without going into detail, we had a family emergency that took place on around Christmas and Christmas Day, followed by a blip that happened for me soon did after not take that. Five years. What? You know the blip. Oh yeah, the blip. Gotcha. <laughs> Got it. No, it did not take five years. But I had something that came up for me unexpected career wise. So yeah, these last few months have just been off the wall crazy. Um. Out of respect for my family members, I'm not going to go into a lot of details as what happened. I will say this, okay? And Big Daddy, this wasn't on the outline that, and we have a production meeting, you guys, like before we hit the mic every episode. And there's like a general outline that we follow. Of course, we riff off of that all the time because we're us. Um, but generally speaking, there's like a set things that we want to make sure we cover every episode, right? And we make that plan out. So, Big Daddy, this is to say, this is not on the outline, but in light of me 
touching on the family emergency, again, out of respect for that family member, I'm not going to mention who or what it was, or who it was, rather. What I can say to you is please, 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 if you think you have a problem with high blood pressure, if high blood pressure runs in your family, especially since we're in Black History Month and we know historically as a community, not to say that other communities don't suffer from Black, um, don't suffer from high blood pressure, but let's face it, as a community, we deal with a lot of shit, right? Um, And this is going to be the episode where I talk freely, guys, so <laughs> that's what it is. But we do, right? I mean, of course, they attribute it to the fact that we like to season our food. But it's more than that, right? It's life. It's the stuff that we have to endure every day. It's the microaggressions. It's all of that. All of that places like a heavy burden on our heart and blood pressure. And what happened with this particular family member was so terrifying. Like, literally, I talked to this family member, hung up the phone, And then within an hour later, they're being driven by an ambulance to the emergency room because their blood pressure was so high, it actually affected their brain, right? And it happened so quick and that person is fine. Thank goodness. I call and check on that person all the time. I'm so grateful they're okay. But when I tell you it was a terrifying moment for Big Daddy and me to find out what happened and to know it happened so quickly. Like literally I hung up the phone talking with this person and within like 15, 20 minutes, they didn't know where they were. They didn't know who they were talking to. It was just like, bam, they were gone. And it just so happens that it was caught early enough And they were rushed to the hospital. And I credit the hospital with saving their life because in the worst case scenario, it could have been disastrous. Yeah, totally disastrous. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked about high blood pressure being a thing on the show. High blood pressures took out with John Singleton. Yes. And we had an episode where we talked about the life of John Singleton and his contributions to, you know, art and you know, theater and all of that. Um, Having gone through this personally, fairly recently, that it's still pretty raw on me. Like, even now, I'm trying to fight back tears because it was a scary few days. And to have that happen over the holidays, you know, it really rattles you. (laughs) So I'd say all of that to say, we owe it to ourselves to take care of ourselves, to do what we can, to monitor our blood pressure, if you love someone who struggles with it, please look after them. Please check on them. Um, if you suffer with it yourself, you know, I know it's something that I monitor as well for me. Don't take that lightly because seriously, it can get just with how quickly it affected that person's brain. It was terrifying. It was really, really terrifying. And I'm grateful that they weren't alone. I was grateful that they were with someone. But to see the aftermath and have that person worry, it was more than I wanted to take on a holiday. True. So that's my little soapbox. (laughs) We can get back to talking about um, stuff. 
you know, I'm grateful for that person having survived that emergency. For me, <laughs> the unexpected job thing that happened, it was sort of bizarre. And I don't want to go into details right now. I'm not ready to go into details, but just know we're, we're okay. That person had the emergency is okay. And sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm a full believer that God opens doors when you least expect it. So I'm good. I'm in a good spot. I am so glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. But want to thank Big Daddy on the mic because <laughs> when all of this went down, I was a mess. I was. I was a mess for that person. I was a mess for that person's partner. I was a mess for me. <laughs> I was fucked up because it was Christmas. It was a big birthday for you. So having that happen during all of that. And the weird thing was, we weren't even supposed to be there. We were making plans to go and see your family. Yes. And that fell through. And I was so bummed, but I'm grateful in hindsight. Because had we been in Houston, in Texas, rather, I would have had to deal with that emergency and being far away and having to drop everything and fly on Christmas to go see them. So, thank you, you. Don't thank me. <laughs> for helping us deal with that, because seriously, it was a mess. It was, it was pretty bad. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. It was, it was a scary uh, 24 to 48 hours. Yeah, so we had to deal with that. But we are grateful to be back, and we're looking forward to 2024. I've got some things that hopefully we're going to launch because this is going to be the year that we're going to rock it. So, again, thank you, Big Daddy, and thank you all my listeners. Hopefully you guys are still here after that unexpected break. But, yeah, um, hopefully when you hear what we said, you can kind of understand what happened since we've last talked to you in the last couple months. True. Good point. And that's the thing. Like, I, I mean, first and foremost, let's, you know, make sure that we're clear. Like Shaggy said, wasn't me. First and foremost, she is very correct in saying that uh, be careful of things that are around you, situations. You never know how the day can affect you. And even when she speaks of high blood pressure, once again, wasn't me. But yeah, I freely admit I take medicine for high blood pressure. I have good days and bad days. Some days I get stressed. And yeah, it gets a little crazy. But this was kind of like a wake up call for me in, in parts and knowing that, yeah, sometimes things can get out of hand and that you have to be very careful in checking on your health and the health of others. Right. Because. You know, when God, you know, knocks on your door, says, hey, even the uh, dog has made his appearance. He said, hey, uh, check yourself. Okay. Sorry about that, Brexton. He must have thought when you knocked that that was a real knock. For a dog that was dead asleep, a doggy <laughs> producer that was dead asleep, I knock on the He's table one time. He's doing his job. And he went right back to sleep. Well, yeah, because he did his job. Now I'm going to have to hopefully take that out in post. So okay, if I am able to do that, you guys won't hear any of that. But if I'm not able to, because I'm not like a magician, 
<laughs> just know that's what happened. It was a party. <laughs> but anyway, just take care of yourself. Yeah. I I can't say that enough because literally I hung up the phone with this person. And then we were on our way to visit and then we called and they're like, something happened. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, don't don't mess with that. So outside of that, we did have some interesting moments that we want to talk about. Um, this is the segment we usually talk about our week and, you know, how things have gone out outside of the mic. We usually start with you. <laughs> so I don't know. You want to jump in? I can you give you what I can. <laughs> uh, the best thing I can tell you is that um, so far everything with me is positive. The easiest way I can say this is that, yeah, I've started, I made a, uh, I hit a milestone birthday. AARP is talking to me. <laughs> We, we, we've reached the negotiation period and yeah, I'm on that side of life. Does that mean now we get a jitterbug phone? So, <laughs> even though I need one, <laughs> even though, yes, I use my regular phone kind of like a jitterbug. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying that yet. Cause that's kind of like, you know, when you reach that point of life, when they say like, do you need glasses? Do you need, well, I am wearing glasses and do you need some assistance? Yeah, I need the assistance, but I'm not going to, like, admit to it. But, yeah. yes, I have reached a turning point in my life, and I have to understand that I'm on the, I guess you would say, the back nine. But at least people aren't calling you sir yet. You know, when you get to a point where younger people call us sir and ma'am. I'm sorry to tell you they've already done that. <laughs> I almost I accept that now. <laughs> You know, when they call you sir and ma'am, they, you're just sitting here like, I, well, don't do that. Yeah, I fully, I fully expect for you to call me sir. But you know what's worse? Yes. And, well, it's not worse, actually. Because here's the thing. You hit that milestone birthday. Just like, just as a side note, my daddy hit that milestone birthday. Happy 75th, daddy. I am not <laughs> that old yet. <laughs> no, he's not that old yet. <laughs> but I have a ways to go. <laughs> you're on your way. Yes. But your own milestone birthday, you technically now are old enough to get like the discount. Like, you know, like the discount. I, I got five years before I hit Denny's. No, no, no. I thought it was like when you hit that birthday, there's that discount. Yeah. When there's a five in front of your name, yes. But when you. But the problem is, you don't look like it. Yes, I do. No, you don't. You do not. You want to ask these gray hairs on my face? <laughs> you know, these like wrinkles and like dark spots? <laughs> I am a walking like, I don't know, pothole. But, you know. <laughs> Damn, not pothole. You know when Danny Glover said, I'm too old for this. I am too old for this. But Danny Glover, well, okay. How old was Danny Glover when he was in Lethal Weapon? He's in his mid-50s, I believe. Okay, so technically... Is that a beep? Ignore it. Okay. <laughs> so technically, he wasn't too far off from our age. But I feel that, looking at that, I don't feel anywhere close to being able to say that to people. No. I fully accept it. I am getting too old for this. <laughs> 
I am in my I am my own native son. I refuse to accept that because I'm not too far off of that. Time. But you still have that youthful exuberance. Yeah, but I have like the old woman chubby cheek now. You have adorable, cute chubby cheeks. <laughs> I have like old have raggedy like, face. I have the old woman chin now. <laughs> I'm just mm. like, damn it. But that's okay. That's okay because y- you get mad when I tell you this, but I refuse to think of myself. It's like old. You were mad when I said this the other day. I'm like, I'm officially moving into my MILF segment of life. <laughs> like I said, this is the episode where I get real, y'all. Okay. It's been a time since we've been off the bike. So if there I see are things somebody... we don't normally say on the bike we're saying today. Okay. So this means, because <laughs> there's an other half to this that I never really like thought about. So while you're like going through, as you say, yo, face. Um, so if I just randomly start seeing some like little, you know, Latino pool boys, we don't have a pool, or like you know some like random dude showing up with groceries, do I need to go get uh, my tools? <laughs> okay, and handle some business. First of all, I say that not really wanting. No, what I meant is I read an article and it was really funny. I'll try to see if I can write it where it talks about how women get to an age that they're no longer seen as like youthful and attractive or things like that. And it made a, a point of like talking about how when we saw the Golden Girls, like remember the television show, The Golden Girls? In actuality, we think of them and watching that, they were like in their 60s and 70s. Nah, these women were not even 60, some of them. They weren't. (laughs) So our idea of what 50 and beyond looks like now is so completely different than what it used to be, right? Yes. So even though that has changed, um. And in actuality, some of those still stereotypes remain. No, no, I, I, I fully, I agree. First right. and foremost, we also have to think about the age in which the Golden Girls was actually filmed. 80s, 50 looking women is not 2024 looking women. I'm talking about like, you know, when you have the Halle Berry's, the Janet Jackson's, the Angela Bassett's, uh, who are Oprah just like, just turned 80. Wait, well, I'm sorry. Say that again? Oprah? Oh, no. Oprah just turned 70. So yeah, I was like, you aging Oprah up pretty hard. But Oprah... And Gail King is right behind her. Right. So, But Oprah and Gail do not look like the 70-year-olds 70 that we had when we were younger. Yes. So going back to this article, it was talking about that and how because that has changed, the idea of what's considered old and being a woman, it's like being taken younger and younger. And the person related it to, like, in pornography, after you get, like, after you get past the young hottie fades, you could be in your 30s, but could be considered old, and you would be the MILF, right? Yeah, that was written by stupid people, but yes, go ahead. (laughs) So when I said that, I was thinking that not that I actually am going to find some young hotties. That we know of. That yes. we know of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, jokingly, I'm going to say that I'm entering that phase. 
rather than like the golden girl, the golden girl's image of the older woman. <laughs> I'm going to adapt this version. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Once. I'm I'm trying to figure out how we got to this point. <laughs> Not really sure. I tried to keep this hand tight and then it just went left. Way left. <laughs> but nonetheless, yes, it's it's fun to become to change your view on things, first and foremost. And I know one of the things that I was working on is my emotional and spiritual journey. I told myself that I was gonna make a lot of changes. I was going to accept the things that I can control and sorry, accept the things I cannot control and just say, hey, I can just deal with the ones that I can and just do, you know, just do the best I can and accept that some things are just going to fall. Gravity is a thing. But the best thing I can do is just, just as my dad used to tell me, just keep living. Okay. That's big and foremost because. You know, in my mind, there are, and we'll talk about it in a second, there are men and women who have lived a good life and now they are with the Lord above, so. Yeah, they're resting in power. That was big for me. But yeah, first and foremost is keep living. Um, One of the people I was actually going to talk about was, and we just heard about this within the last 24 hours, was my man, uh, remember Carl Weathers, right? Yeah. Yeah, Carl Weathers. Talking about big old Apollo Creed, all six <laughs> foot two, three inches of the dude. We're talking about like the dude on The Mandalorian, you know, most recently in the Super Bowl commercials with Rob Gronkowski. That guy. We're talking about Action Jackson. Oh, Action Jackson was big when I was a kid. Yes. <laughs> I was one of the movies I tried to sneak and watch because <laughs> I was not allowed to watch R rated movies. That was a way of, okay, I guess I saw him when he first came out, but yeah. Well, that's because your parents let you watch anything. My parents didn't let me watch anything. I just, I just sat my, my little tail down and, Did you, you watch know, the Dukes of Hazzard? Attention. What's that? Did you watch the Dukes of Hazzard? Did I watch the Dukes of Hazzard? Yes. Yes, I did. Did you watch Charlie's Angels? Yes, I did. See, my parents didn't let me watch that. Your parents just let you watch anything. My parents just happened to fall asleep and I just watch what I want. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I'm so sorry because I was the one who, when I found out that he had passed and I know that he was one of your favorites and I was like, damn. And I woke you up last night and I told you. Yes, you are the harbinger of doom. I'm so sorry. Pretty much, she just kicks in the door and she's like, Lord, let me tell you who's just dropped dead today. (laughs) That was not what I said. Don't lie to these people. (laughs) Every time things go south. The goober has to pop it open for me. No, no, I didn't want you to find out any other way. And it is a bummer. And it, I didn't realize he was the same age as my father. Right? Uh, yeah, give or take. I think he's a year older. Yeah. Oh, a barely. month old. I think he's a month older. I think he, let me well, see, 48 to 24, 76. Yeah. Yeah, because I think he was born like the... Early in 1948. I I think, okay. Well, anyway, he was just in so much stuff. And like you said, he was still working. I mean, 
he had that great role on The Mandalorian, which if you guys haven't seen him in The Mandalorian, he was so, so good. And yeah, there's that Super Bowl commercial he had with, like, they're still airing the promos. Yes. Which is kind of weird. Like, how are they going to handle that? Knowing that he's no longer with us. They're busy betting. They don't really care. They don't know. I would hope not. No. Nah. But. You never know. But like I said, they're they're doing their thing. But yeah, Carl Weathers was like, he was a man when I was a little kid. Like, you know, seeing like positive figures. You know, we seen like black boxers around the time I was, I was coming up. But like seeing a dude on screen that had that kind of machismo, that kind of like, I don't know, kind of like that kind of pomposity, but also like a good heart. Like, you know, the ability to kind of move around and, and be free and strong. And, um, then seeing him like in, you know, in Action Jackson, seeing him like in Happy Gilmore, you know, just kind of like, you know, as he's, he has thing and, you know, being able to kind of get away with trying to play the piano, trying to like do different, like, like, um, cause I know he had like a little upright way career. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It was very like small. He like attempted to do like a couple of plays and like, yeah, eventually coming back to like being in the Mandalorian and just kind of like, you know, some of the other, think about it, like some of the guys who used to play like pro football to end up like becoming like established actors, like, you know, John Amos, like, please forgive me because some of these guys are escaping me. Um, like not straight here, straight here. I know the new thing of guys becoming like announcers and whatnot, but um, sorry, bear with me. But like this guy, Carl Weathers, former Oakland Raider, former BC Lion. I'm like, yeah, this dude was like. So from going from that sports career to the great the career he did, that was really impressive. Yeah, it was and, tremendous, and, and having like it was an inspiration to black kids everywhere. Yeah, I was about to say it's representation and. You know, having that available, that that was really huge. So I, I don't think there's any word yet as to how he passed. I know they said he passed in his sleep peacefully at home. I just rest in power. Yeah, because he was everything. And but he was not the only person that we lost since we were on the mic that I I know for someone that I really idolize and whose career I followed when I was young and studying journalism all those years ago and broadcast journalism is the life and career of Joe Madison. For those who are fans of him, he's better known as the Black Eagle. Joe Madison, unfortunately, um, just lost his battle with prostate cancer. Yes. And this was the second around that he had with prostate cancer. He beat it once and he had his radio show on Sirius XM where for three, four hours every morning, he talked to leaders. He talked to authors. He talked from everyone from, um, April Ryan, who's had her own storied career working with the White House press bureau. To he just interviewed Vice President Kamala Harris not that long ago. So if you're anybody who's anybody, you've been interviewed by Joe Madison. Yes. But even more importantly, outside of his storied journalistic career, he was an activist. He worked with the NAACP. He did countless great work with the American, um, what was it, the American 
it, it's not, is it the Cancer Society? Or it's, it's one of the big, I'll, I'll have to look it up. He was actually on their board. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know he was affiliated with NABJ and he was yeah. a contributor and a, a speaker on their tours. Yeah. He did a lot of work with the NABJ. Just his work with activism. He worked with another legendary activist, Dick Gregory, and a lot of their work. In fact, one of the last things that Joe did is you may have read about him. He did a hunger strike to call attention to the fact that they have still not ratified and passed the Voting Rights Act in, in, in Congress. Horrifying itself. Yeah. And he was a real fighter for just for civil rights, for journalism, for representation, literally to the end. He just released not long before he passed. In fact, I'm getting the book, his autobiography called Radioactive which I'm looking forward to reading. But yeah, over the holiday break, um, I know I listened to him every morning. And at least I did. It was actually one of the reasons why I had Sirius XM because I listened to Joe every morning. And my dad, my dad was the one who got me to listen to him. In fact, I got him the echo, remember? So that he can speak and launch the Sirius XM without having to go through apps and everything. Yes. So he can listen to Joe. Um, yeah, Joe was one of the most reliable broadcasters around. And he went to the best of Joe Madison, I would say, about maybe a month ago, maybe right before the, right after Thanksgiving. And everyone was wondering where he was. And then he made an announcement, I want to say less than a month ago saying that, unfortunately, his prostate cancer had returned and has taken a turn for the worse, and he had to take a health break. And, unfortunately, he lost his battle with it. So my heart goes out to Sherry, to the rest of his team. Sherry was his wife. They worked alongside each other um, for the bulk of his career. I've, I've never met him, but I feel like I do, growing up and listening to him and having my dad <laughs> my dad's called in and talked to Joe Madison a couple of times. That's what I heard. He he that's like the highlight, seriously, of what my dad. Um I was the one who had to tell my dad, so maybe I am the harbinger of bad news. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it was harsh, but at the same time it's still a thing that it's it's the passing of knowledge. Yeah, but yeah. Joe has inspired me and many other black journalists and people in broadcasting, for a lot of us, we would not have the interest or the bug to do that, whether it's on a podcast, whether it's on a radio show, whether it's on television. Joe has done it all. And, you know, as as a whole, the community will definitely miss him. So definitely rest in power, Joe Madison. Thank you for teaching us how to put it where the ghosts can get it. That was one of the things he used to say. And Joe would end every show by asking you, what are you going to do about it? Yes. With the idea of, we know that there are people out there who are looking to eliminate our very existence in the community. Rather, getting rid of books that talk about Black history. Rather than trying to go against, um, for example, there's funds that are out there because 
Black and brown small businesses get less than 1% of all venture capital funding. So we're told fund ourselves. So that's what we did. And now they're attacking that, um, how they're literally like taking down DEI programs that offer a safe space for students, many of who are first time college students going into spaces that are not built for them. And now things like that are being challenged. Even on the corporate level, having worked in both nonprofits and corporate media and corporate organizations, knowing that you have an advocate makes all the difference. And they're looking to get rid of that as well. And as people would call and he would have issues of the day, Joe would challenge every person who called in whether they're talking about the Voting Rights Act, whether they're talking about the lynching bill, so many things, what are you going to do about it? And I just want to say thank you because he's encouraged a whole generation of people to ask themselves that question and to challenge themselves in order to know the answer. So that was hard to put out, more emotional than I thought. Because this is someone I've been following even before college. But again, totally grateful for everything he's done. Okay. And with that, the thing that I can say is Joe Madison himself would be missed. I know not a great deal of people who listen to this will know every aspect of this or may have great familiarity with him. But I will say this. He will deeply be missed and he will be missed by the community at at, at large, our community if not only for his advocacy, but for his strength in pushing for things, for his determination as toward to do things. And he also had cuss jar. Oh, yeah, his legendary cuss jar. Why? Because black people don't curse because. That's right. (laughs) Thank you, Dick Gregory. (laughs) Thank you. Who was it? No, no, it wasn't Dick Gregory. It was, was it? Brown? J. Anthony Brown, who told him that? Possibly. Some comedian. George Wallace. George Wallace, that's right. So, <laughs> Joe had a cuss jar, right? <laughs> so, if a caller calls in, you know, this is serious XM. Joe didn't hold back. <laughs> Joe sometimes, it's like, look, get the cuss jar. I'm about to tell you something. I'm about to drop some knowledge on you. <laughs> but he put the cuss jar to good use, right? He did. So, he donated to you know, causes that were really, really important to him. So again, rest in power, Joe, and your custar and um the Sirius XM family um who will be experiencing that loss in their television their radio station Urban View. Okay. And also with that, like you just said, there comes the cause of what are you gonna do about it? And so this is my proclamation not only to you, my wife, McGoober but also the community at large. When you say, what are you going to do about it? And that's part of my spiritual journey. I advocate not only for myself, for all of us who are listening to this. And yes, that includes me. As I have reached, like I just said, the other part of my life, I need for you and everyone else to hold me personally accountable. So here's what has to happen this year. I am well past time for me to take a prostate exam 
And as such, I need for everyone to hold me accountable and I will do as so for you because we have lost too many men of color and too many men in general because we have not gotten ourselves checked for different problems physically. And you know what? That's a good point because Dexter King, who is the son of Martin Luther King Jr., he just passed not that long ago as well, and it was because of prostate cancer. Yes. So obviously, everyone, I don't care who you are, y'all need to get checked. But, you know, particularly just like high blood pressure, that's something that particularly affects our community because it goes unchecked for various reasons. So again, cannot advocate enough. And that was one thing Joe was honest about. Joe shared his journey the last time that he fought prostate cancer, he was very open about his fight. He brought his doctor on and he was interviewed and it was so riveting. And actually, I've known people who wound up getting their prostate checked because of Joe Madison's advocacy and bringing his doctor and having him talk about it. So I was not expecting you to say that as well. So um, yeah, I guess we will all be collectively interested in making sure that you follow through. Yeah. Like so I said, hold us like hold us accountable. And I mean everybody from like, you know, from me to the brothers on the Breakfast Club to the, you know, the brothers in the chain, the Dale Hughley show. Now you have to be Harvard careful show, about that. Everybody. Because that means now that it's kind of open season when if someone because I have had a situation where I have run into people who have listened to the podcast or who know who I am. Yes. And they'll ask some questions. So that means that they'll be able to ask you about your prostate. Are you ready for that? I guess I have to be. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of like, you know, when they say get her done, get her done. Yeah. And I guess I have to live. I mean, I might do a little screaming. I might be a little crabby when you talk to me. But I guess if the end result is to keep me around, then I guess that's part of the journey. Yeah. Well, you know what? We did have some bright moments, I want to say, during our sabbatical. Okay, so it wasn't all gloom and doom. So if you're still with us, there are some bright spots since we last talked to you. One thing, and this happened, wow, last Saturday? Yeah. We went to go see Hamilton. I'm sorry, we went to see what again? (laughs) I finally got to go see Hamilton. I have been trying to get Hamilton tickets in Chicago. Like forever, and Big Daddy surprised me over the holiday with giving us tickets to go see it. And and it was the last week, its last run in Chicago. So unfortunately, if you live in the Chicagoland area and wanted to um, catch it, unfortunately, the tour is passed on. If you guys have not had a chance to see Hamilton, please do so. It is so amazing. It's so well done. I was sharing with Big Daddy. It was really big us going because I love musicals and Big Daddy not so much. So I've, you know, some of my favorite musicals like The King and I and, you know, Showgirl. No, no, not Showgirls. Dreamgirls. The Lion King. The Lion King. I was just thinking Showgirls would make a totally different musical, y'all. <laughs> but like Dreamgirls and Lion King, um, I love, I, I really love musicals. In fact, one of my favorite musicals is a musical that I saw when I was in, what was it, junior high, high school? 
It was called 1776. And it's actually a play. And then they made a movie version of it. And I saw the movie version of it. And the whole idea of it, it was about the formation, obviously, of our country around 1776. And I liked it because it was really well acted. It was enjoyable. But I remember watching it as a young person and not feeling fully connected to it because I didn't see anything that represented me. And we all know that, unfortunately, during the formation of this country, we were an afterthought to begin with anyway. What was so powerful about Hamilton is there are some intersections within the founding of the country that is in the play 1776 and in the play Hamilton. But what made it so powerful is that, you know, Lynn manuel Miranda, Miranda specifically made these characters and he cast them in non-traditional black and brown. It was a very diverse cast. And I was just really blown away by how drawn and more I was in the story because of that representation factor. Plus the music and was just amazing how he mixed different genres together. Um, yeah, it was well worth it. I was just unbelievably excited that we had a chance to go. I was just happy to be outside. <laughs> so definitely catch it if you get an opportunity to. It's worth it seeing on stage play. I also want to let people know, because I know that, unfortunately, many of our listeners live in communities that Hamilton is not traveling to. but. You can see Hamilton on Disney Plus, um, the original stage play with the original cast. So they have it on Disney Plus, and they also have a sing-along version, which I already have in my queue because there's some songs that have stayed with me, such as like The Room Where It Happens and, you know, Take My Shot that has been running in my head since I've seen the play. So I can't wait to do the sing-along. <laughs> but yeah, we got to see Hamilton. Um, two, I got to check out two really great shows because everyone who listens to the show know I'm a nerd. So Marvel's Echo came out, which is a spinoff of both Hawkeye and the upcoming Daredevil Born Again, which they're bringing back the Daredevil character that was in the Marvel Netflix shows. So incredibly good. Um, Alakwa Kwa. Alakwa Cox, I believe her name is. She is amazing. She is an indigenous actress. This is her first role. Um, she is deaf, like Echo is deaf. Um, so she's culturally deaf, and that's um, part of it, just like her indigenous heritage is. And she also is disabled. I think she lost one of her legs in a motorcycle accident. Oh, my goodness. And she is kicking everybody's mortal ass. I mean, it is so incredibly good. If you watch it, I, I have to say this is not for children. This is not Ant-Man <laughs> Marvel. This is not Iron Man Marvel. This is the Marvel that was on the Netflix shows that were a little bit R-rated. Okay. And by a little bit, I mean a lot. So <laughs> just know that that's what you're getting. So is it like on the Deadpool side of things? Um, Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say kind of. Okay. The actor who plays Kingpin, he's back. 
Um, that guy gave me Nightman's Vincent Dorfio, I think it's his name. He's so, so good. So the guy who plays King Bang is back. And, and if you follow the Marvel comic books like I, I do, I don't want to give up too much away, but there is a hint that they may adapt in a future Marvel show, the King's Reign comic books, which, and in that show, what it means is Kingpin decides that he wants to become like mayor of New York City. And it's just like pandemonium and it's so, so good. And I'm a huge fan of those comic books. And yeah, it it, it was really great. On the other end of the Marvel spectrum, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur returned. Um, Actually, I just saw the first two episodes last night. And as of the time of this taping, you can watch Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur in two ways. If you have the Disney Channel um, available through streaming networks or if you still have cable, cable, you can still watch it on the Disney Channel. And they'll put out two episodes per week starting February the 2nd. Or if you have Disney Plus, as of right now, they have all 14 episodes that they dropped. The first two episodes look really, really great. If you don't know what Moon Girl and the Devil Dinosaur is, it's such a joy. Um, Lawrence Fishburne, the actor, brought the adaptation to television. And so he's one of the voices, and they have a lot of other Marvel and MCU voices on there as well. But it's about... In the comic books, I want to say she's nine. They aged her up in the television show. So now she's 13. It's a young girl by the name of Lunella Lafayette, who actually is a little black girl, and she is literally the smartest person on earth. She is. It's been proven if you read the comic books, she's literally the smartest person in all of Marvel comic books. So she's smart. So she is smarter than. Tony Stark, she is smarter than Shuri from Black Panther. She's smarter than Bruce Banner. She's smarter than Mr. Fantastic. She is it. I'll let now, you said 12, 13 years old. Yes, 13 okay. years old. So Lunella is working on a project and she accidentally opens up a portal and a giant red Tyrannosaurus Rex that is named eventually named Devil. Devil Dinosaur comes through. It's like Big Dino from the Flintstones. Yes. Only instead of purple, she's Devil is Red. Okay. So she decides that she's got the brain, he's got the brawn. Instead of let's make lots of money like that's a famous song, she decides that she's going to use that to fight crime and to protect her area, the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And it's such fun. Like every episode, there's lots of music. Raphael Sadiq is the music director on it. So there's lots of music. It's very diverse. There's so many guest names. Guest names. It's, I mean, the Lower East Side, it's, there's a lot of immigrants' influences, and you can see that in the cartoon. It's just a joy to watch. So if you're not in the echo vein, even though I'm a grown-ass person with no children, I can recommend Girl and Devil Dinosaur, so that's it. And then the last thing that Big Daddy is looking at me, because he's like, are you going to talk about it? Over the holiday, I have become obsessed with a British show that is called Four in a Bed. Oh my, my 
God. <laughs> so for the bed, if you've not seen it, it's a show that airs in the United Kingdom on Channel 4. I first became aware of it because we have Sling TV and they have like, they have like different channels that like fast channels that they take content from different areas and just run them nonstop. Pluto TV does this a lot. In fact, I think they share some of the channels with Pluto. So it's like there's all like Jeopardy channel. Jeopardy channel. That's that's me. Yes, we've watched that. Or there's like a channel that's dedicated to black cinema, black cinema or VH1 reality shows or things like that. So there's a channel that's dedicated to foreign bed. Okay, so what for a bed is, in a nutshell, there are four bed and breakfasts and their owners that agree to go and spend a night at each of the four bed and breakfasts. They rotate around. And then they rank the bed and breakfasts on experience for things like cleanliness and the breakfast and how well you stay and the facilities. And then... They're ranked one to 10 as far as that is concerned. And then everyone gets an envelope. And then what they do with the envelope is, is based on that experience, they're, they're each given what one night at the hotel. Which charge? And they take B&B rather loosely because sometimes they're like, they've been camping locations. There's been a couple locations where it's like a nudist location. (laughs) They show it. Like, it's all different things that qualifies under the bed and breakfast, right? Yeah, it could be like a lower end, like, you know, nice little hotel, or it could be, like she said, glamping. Right. And they, they're they like, okay, well, this is like 80 pounds a night. And then you can either pay the 80 pounds, or if you're petty as fuck, because it all depends on who gets the most money at the end, that determines who wins the plot. Yes. <laughs> but... Seriously, you want to watch for payment day because payment day is when shit goes down. Because what happens is after they stay, everyone gets a chance to read their readings, right? Yes. And their comments. So (laughs) as you go further along, people who start off, they'll see like, oh, they're nice comments or they're not so nice. They still have to deal with the owners of the B&Bs. On payment day. On different locations, and they can ask about it in payment day. The reason why I'm so obsessed, at first when I watched this show, I was just thinking, wow, how this is kind of weird and boring. Until I realized the sweet nuances that is British Shade. (laughs) British Shade is so understated (laughs) that they could say with a straight face someone, but you're like, oh, that's the equivalent of like, Tossing the table like in Real Housewives of New Jersey. <laughs> They're just too polite to say that, but you can see it. <laughs> yeah, I've always wondered what a stiff upper lip in the UK really looks like. And this is a nice way of like disarmament and disagreement without becoming like, you know, love and hip hop. Right. But the real reason to watch is to see the depths by which people go through because. You could get marked down if there's like dust or they find like a hair in your bed or something. The links that people have gone through to be able to justify an underpayment is crazy. Like there's people who have brought a black light to the hotel. There are people who have brought cameras. <laughs> they brought 
Remember that guy with the mirror that went underneath the bed and underneath the bureau to be yes. able to see? Like, people flip whole-ass bureaus to see if there's any dust under there. Like, any rational person would do that. But the fun part, the part that's just like, like, oh my God, the Big Daddy, and I've sucked Big Daddy into this, is they'll spend the night, right? And then the following day is the breakfast. And when I tell you, baby, the way that they have found ways to weaponize eggs. Like, seriously, you want to F with somebody running a B&B? Tell them you want a poach egg. <laughs> and the way that they go around it, because I guess, I mean, I don't make poached eggs every day. I mean, yeah, I know they're difficult. And sometimes I cheat and make poached eggs in the microwave. It's actually pretty easy to do. but. I guess it's really difficult to get it exactly right, right? The level of gooiness of the yolk and everything. And so they'll try to do everything in their power to avoid doing a poached egg during breakfast when they do their fry up or their full English breakfast. So I've seen people even come up and they take the order of the other guests. Hi, so what would you like for breakfast? We have fried, scrambled. And the guy will look at him like poach. Like poach is not even offered. No, it's like this isn't a secret menu. They'll literally tell you what they, you know, we're going this direction. And then they'll be like, yes, I would like a poached egg. And then they'll stare at him. And it, that the gal will look at him like, shit. I know. It, you know, it's like you guys seen the gif where like Diddy is staring at that one guy and they're like, eyeing each other they're like daring yeah it's like that it's literally like the culinary version of bet <laughs> and they have to make the poached egg so between the poached egg and like the sausage oh my gosh yes. i've seen people throw a temper tantrum because it is not this the level of pork that they expect in this english sausage like it's the percentage is not enough for them like it's this it, it's the equivalent of slapping someone in the face to accuse them of having poor sausage. <laughs> it it's ridiculous and I'm addicted and I've like binge watched the episodes on this streaming channel that it got to the point where it started looping again. I'm like, oh I've already seen this one. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the best thing I can say is, and this is, I will keep this quick. The The funniest thing about my interaction with Born to Bed is that I was literally lured in by this. <laughs> I had no interest in this show whatsoever at the very beginning. It was the guru who kind of brought me into this part. And the thing was, I'm like, okay, there are certain, the, the easiest aspect of Every show is, okay, five shows, four beds, or bed and breakfasts. Basically, everyone shows up at each other's bed and breakfast. And the thing is, there's the greeting. There's the, like, okay, this is your room. How much it costs? Enjoy yourself. We'll see you at, you know, later on. And then there becomes CSI bed and breakfast. Yes. Where they literally, like, go into, like, they grade you down on toilet brushes. They grade you down on, they'll go up in the sink. Like, in the tub. They put their head in the toilet, that one lady. Remember? Yes. They go up in the shower. Like, up in the shower. In the shower sink. 
They take apart the sink and then sink stopper. Yes. They pull out white gloves. Like, seriously, when he says C inside B&B, he wasn't getting. No. It is hilarious the extents they go to to be able to justify taking off 10 pounds. Because it's all about who gets the most, right? And you can either give them the exact amount from the room. You can take off whatever you want. Or you can overpay if you think that they're not charging enough. But yeah, <laughs> I've seen people nearly come to blows when they find out that they're underpaid. And it's just, I'm telling you, baby, you want to watch for payment day. It is just beautiful. And the streaming episodes, they know this. So sometimes they'll have a marathon of just payment days. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> okay. So as such, yes, as she is described, that's basically the gist of it. <laughs> and the other part is she is described like with the Pochegas. The reason that is brought up in that nature is that with the UK, they are very demonstrative about they want the full English breakfast. And, you know, whereas we look at in the American culture, like, okay, we want, you know, we kind of like this or, you know, we kind of have these type of breakfasts. They're very traditional in most parts about what they want in their fry-up or their quote-unquote breakfasts that include eggs, sausages, um, beans, beans, and um, tomatoes. tomatoes. But it's like the little things in between and don't miss a thing and don't serve it up at the wrong time or like delay. You will get marked up and or they will shade you. And it becomes like the little things that go on in between <laughs> these little interactions and how they mark it up and how people react to such things. You could have a brand new facility. You could have in like a four-star hotel, but don't mess up certain things or you else. fuck up those eggs, baby. It doesn't matter. Yes. And it becomes one big like cluster <laughs> of like what happened. <laughs> okay. So I tell you what, why don't we take a break? <laughs> And then we're going to come back with three stories that cross the intersection of food and pop culture. We're so glad to be back. We know this is a super science episode, so thank you for listening. You're listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast, and we will be right back. Hey guys, this is JJ Outlaw. And T Outlaw. And we're the co-hosts with the Gourmet Goober podcast with a very important question. Are you a little gourmet or a lot of wretched? <laughs> or maybe you consider yourself gumbo worthy. Hey, if the answer is yes to any of those questions, then you need to tell the world with your very own Goober swag. From mugs and aprons to t-shirts and sweatshirts, it's the perfect way to show your love for the Gourmet Goober podcast and, you know, help us keep the lights on in the process. <laughs> so if you are a little bit gourmet and a lot ratchet, head on over to gooberswag.com, that's gooberswag.com, and get your very own Goober gear today. Tell them Big Daddy sent you. That's right. Tell them. Everyone, this is JJ and this is Tiala, and we're back with the second segment of the Gourmet Goober podcast, where we discuss the three stories that intersect food and pop culture. Today, we, in honor of that time-honored tradition that I will not be participating in, <laughs> we have three stories that will kind of tie in with probably the biggest pop culture phenomenon 
in our wake, that being the Super Bowl. The big game. Yes. And in case you're wondering, no, we are not going to be talking about a certain individual and her paramour playing the game. We've decided that this is going to be, how did we put it, a long back <laughs> free zone. <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> Credit Jesus and Miro for that. Rest in peace, you guys. We miss you. <laughs> We're going to do the hand sanitized version of this without, yeah. And if you don't understand what that means, I'm not going to say it. And Google may or may not be your friend. <laughs> Understood. Anyway, so we have three stories that cross the line of everything that you could ever want for the Super Bowl, or maybe not, <laughs> as it relates to food. So our first story actually is for someone like me, as you know, I love cooking. I'm kind of a cook first, order second kind of person, if you will. And so I'm always looking for new ways to kind of entice you to looking into eating in a different way, you know? That made no sense. I'm looking for new ways to innovate inside the kitchen. So you know me. I'm a big fan of cookbooks. I have a huge shelf cookbooks that are personally that I purchased and some that I've inherited from your wonderful mother. So this is kind of a new cookbook that is taking, that's getting a lot of attention, if you will. Okay. It's it's pizza. It focuses on pizza, which goes great with any Super Bowl party that you may have. It's just, who's pizza? Who's pizza? <laughs> that's getting a lot of attention. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the Chuck E. Cheese and Friends Party Cookbook. Party. Now, just in time for your Super Bowl party. The Chuck E. Cheese. You yeah. mean like the the place where little kids go and and put pee the in the balls? Thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> that Chuck E. <laughs> Sorry if I ruined the balls for you people, but they pee and blow snot, and the balls are really unsanitary. Keep your kids out of the balls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, the original Pizza Rat, if you will, he has decided that he has conquered all he has to conquer in the restaurant world, and now he's coming up with his own cookbook. So some interesting things about it. First of all, I found out in researching this what the E actually stands for in Chuck E. Cheese. Really? Yes. Doesn't mean like, I don't know, Egbert or, but uh, let me see, erroneous? <laughs> you would think, you would think. No, Chuck E. Cheese, the E stands for entertainment. So his full name, and I bet you won't find that in the Chuck E. Cheese segment that John Oliver put out this week for last week tonight. Okay. Chuck E. Cheese's full name is Charles Entertainment Cheese. Charles Entertainment <laughs> Cheese. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, I was a little closer in my thoughts with like Charles eating cheese. But, uh, no. I would not have placed entertainment in that middle, but... Oh. Anyone who's gone to Chuck E. Cheese would not put entertainment in that. But anyway, <laughs> the book, which is being published by Weldon Olden Owen Publishing, they have broken it down into individual party themes, ranging everywhere from Chuck E. Cheese everyday birthday party to something called Jasper T. Howell's Howling Hootenanny. Okay, who puff 
what when placing this <laughs> together? <laughs> Each with a slew of thematically appropriate nibbles and sips for you and your mini chefs to make at home. And while there's recipes for things such as watermelon, agua fresca, cinnamon rolls, and cheesy weenies, Chuck E. Cheese, most of the recipes is pizza base. So, yeah. Okay. You can get all the fun and love of Chuck E. Cheese without all the sneezy, bratty, yelling kids. Now, whether or not it has this segment where the moms are drinking one in the corner trying to pretend that they aren't there, that's not included. (laughs) You know what? That really should be one of the recipes. There should be, like, cocktail drinks for, what was the word, the drunk moms? The bad moms that, you know, need a mimosa for being able to get through this. Matter of fact, they might need one for the elixir from the children who get sick after going to Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) Maybe there should be one for a hangover. Just depends on what happened. So let me ask a question. I mean, we are not the children bearing variety at this point in our lives. So would you... Consider a recipe from the Charles E. Cheese and Friends party cookbook. Will I consider a recipe? It really does depend on what, like, what recipes they could offer me that would make me say, "Oh, I got to try." You know what? Actually, I'll at least consider looking at it just to see because you know there have been different ways of making a pizza. There are different ways of making some of the, as you would say, some of the, maybe like some chicken. Yeah, maybe, possibly. They might have a nice salad in there that might be appetizing. But now that I think about it, it's Chuck E. Cheese. Was there anything about that cheese that just made you say, even with like little children being there, I need to go for this food? I don't think so. I mean, as one who has partaken of Chuck E. Cheese when I was younger, back when it was showbiz pizza. That's how old I am, people. Yeah, that okay. is, that's a blast from the past. <laughs> I am showbiz pizza old. <laughs> uh, the pizza itself wasn't anything to write home about. So I can't imagine, I mean, it's bad enough going to some place and paying to eat the pizza, right? But now you are paying for the book so you can make, Said sad pizza at home. I, I just, I, I can't imagine doing that in any way. And I'm sorry, I'm trying to not be distracted. Trying not to be distracted. Our dog and cat, we have two cats and a dog for people who are new to the show. Dog, of course, being our doggy producer, Braxton. He, I don't know if you noticed, but he's having a little love snuggle event under, by our feet. Or on top of my feet to be more appropriate. I was doing my best to ignore it. And it's one of those things where they love each other until the cat takes a swing at him and he'll start running. So I'm just making sure that I don't tumble backwards when he does that. Our 80-pound dog is afraid of the cat. I was trying not to pay attention to him and also stay out of the, I guess, what was the word? The swing ratio of the cat. (laughs) Yeah, but the swing ratio was on me. I would have cut the blows. Oh, then we're good. <laughs> then you don't care. 
So if you want to partake of the Chuck E. Cheese and Friends Party Cookbook, you can actually get it on pre-sale now at Walmart, Amazon, Target, and at the Chuck E. Shop. Okay, I'm I'm kind of curious. What exactly is at the Chucky shop? So at the Chucky shop, you can get the book. I'm sorry, I'm just taking a look. You can get something for Valentine's Day. So yes, you can treat your loved one with your own. You have a pizza, my heart tea, and a Chucky gumball plushie. Kind of scary. <laughs> so yes, you can go to the shop online. Would you like me to hook you up with some of this? Because... You know, Valentine's Day is coming, and it'll be yeah. hard for you to top the the Hamilton gift. So maybe that's all that's left. <laughs> so if you are so inclined, you know what? I will put a link to to the show in the show notes. Okay, I'll keep <laughs> that in mind. Way back. <laughs> I don't know though. I'm I'm a little too old for any party that you would throw for the Chuck E. Cheese party cookbook. But if that kind of leaves a sour taste in your mouth. I have you covered because our next story combines two things that goes very well together at any Super Bowl game. And it could take care of your thirst. (laughs) I can't wait for this. (laughs) So have you, Thomas, ever wished that you could enjoy the Christmas of a hot wing with the ever presence of a hard salsa? Without all that sticky, you know, mess that goes in your face and everything. With no. sauce everywhere. <laughs> conceived. Okay. So clearly this is not made for you. No, it is not. However, the people at Truly Hard Seltzer has believed that somebody has asked for this and has answered that call with a no napkins required drink. That is the Truly Hard Seltzer hot wing sauce drink. That's right. It's a hard seltzer that is flavored as hot wings sauce. Okay. I think my stomach (laughs) just started burning like hearing that. (laughs) I have nothing but contempt for this. (laughs) Not contempt. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) Even though they are, what was the word? They are good on individually. I think just the concept being put together, even in just name, scares me to no end. No, 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 and and, and no. Okay, this would please, be strictly please, yeah. this would be strictly for you because, as uh, our listeners know, I don't regularly drink on the fact that I'm allergic and could kill me. And I'm I have breathing. common sense. <laughs> but but okay. <laughs> Can't wait for this, please. Make this appetizing to me. <laughs> okay. Have you ever had like a good plate of wings that are literally finger licking good? Yes. Yes, I have. Okay. So this takes it to the next level, right? Like I've, I've made, I forget what it was, but it was like wings and it had like a particular glaze on it that, you know, when no one was looking, I licked the plate. You can skip all of that. You can skip the dirty plates. You can literally just have a, a cool, cool glass. Of this, I almost call it. If this is your attempt to make that <laughs> happen, class <laughs> the hot wings sauce seltzer, and you know they'll cool down. Now, 
judging by your face, I'm thinking I'm not selling you on this. No, as much as you're trying to make <laughs> fetch happen, I'm going to have to like slow your roll here and caution because this may not be the thing that might get me excited. I think one, because I mean, even though it's kind of innovative in name, it might actually not be that horrible in terms of taste, but no, it's probably not for me. And I think my first confession is that I'm willing to say that 80% of all wings or chicken concoctions usually do not involve much wet production. Usually most of it is like, I, I do a lot of dry rub making. Well, not everybody. I mean, some people really like the sauce. No, that's what I'm saying. It might work for other people. You're what just I'm talking saying about you. That, yes, me and like me specifically, a lot of the things that I eat in terms of chicken, especially chicken wings are, you know, in some places, drumsticks or, you know, thighs or other things usually are dry rub made. Or kind of mixed together in a bowl with like a little bit of glaze. And like I said, I'm willing to give it the benefit and try it once. But loosely based, this just ain't going to get it for me. Now, okay, all jokes aside, I have some questions about this. Okay. Okay, first of all, we can all agree this is not the most bizarre drink that we have heard of. No, it's not. I mean, Jones Soda puts out every year a Thanksgiving soda that literally it's like everything in a Thanksgiving meal in a soda. (laughs) That is truly horrifying. Do you ever sometimes wonder if the people at Jones, like they sit there and they say to yourselves, how can we shock people this week? Of course. Yeah. But they sell lots of soda. They've been in business for a while. That's their their shit. Yeah. I tend to believe that it's made for like, you know, 20-year-old college students that usually mix those drinks with something really hard. Crazy food bloggers like us who would actually try it for the content. Please refer all all inquiries to the Gourmet Goober, but not to Outlaw. But anyway, with this particular sauce, like, first of all, what would you pair this with? Nothing. Like, what would you, like, like, you have a, a cold beer. Yes. You know, you're eating, like, snacks for the Super Bowl. What would you pair this drink with? And then, do you drink it by itself? Do you, like, keep a thing of ranch next to it? Yeah, I was going to... I was just yeah. confused by that. I would introduce... Like, I know that you are a ranch person. Yes. This is definitely something that might work for ranch people. I'm not one of them. But, yeah. It might actually work for for those people that like to try, you know, when you go and you have wings, pizzas, whatnot. You know, I would almost believe that this would be for the people that, you know, eat the celery, the salad, the carrots. This might work for them. Just as a a flavorful, I guess you would say, wait, epitomizer. Yes. Wait, that gives me a great idea. Oh, boy. Wait, no, 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 hear me out. Because you were talking about, like, the celery and stuff. What's to say that someone couldn't add the hard seltzer to tomato juice and make their own buffalo wings Bloody Mary? Come on now. 
Come on, that may work. Okay, I mean, I'd be killer. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't drink it because, again, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> For people who are into this, what like Bloody Marys, this may hit the spot. And, and you have like the celery and stuff that goes into Bloody Mary. That's where you put the ranch dressing for. You can dip that stuff in it and bam, in the ranch. Problem solved. Okay. Maybe. Possibly. <laughs> could, could work. I, I wish I had an applause button right now. <laughs> Come on. You know that was ingenious. <laughs> okay. I'll give you points for, for, yeah, that's good. Now, in case you're wondering what the hell they are truly thinking about, Matt Whiffington, who is Truly Heart Seltzer's Senior Director of Marketing, he recently put out a statement that said, we're all about keeping it light, so we're bringing drinkers everything they need to accompany the cheers, jeers, and tears of game day and one convenient package. So he calls it a touchdown in a can. <laughs> so Let again... talk to Matt. <laughs> But okay, continue. <laughs> so if you are interested, it's been on sale since January the 29th. Unfortunately, and I checked in as of this recording, it looks like they, I've been monitoring it and they just sold out. But there's a sign on there that said that they're going to get it restocked soon. So it looks like this is going to be an actual like continuing flavor. So... You can stock up from time for All-Star Game, too. <laughs> is, you say it is sold out currently? <laughs> well, it was as of this morning when I checked it. How many did they make? A hundred? Well, you know, it was supposed to be kind of an exclusive thing that they're okay. offering. And each pack, just in case you're wondering, is sold in a pack of four 16-ounce cans. And each pack that you can get is $24. So in and of itself, oh, there is one more thing. Okay. Can't wait. It's only available. It's only available. In five states. <laughs> Forgot that part. <laughs> it's only, okay, wait a minute. Sorry. This might be the entertaining portion of this story. It's only available in five states and why? Okay. What are the five states and two? California. Florida, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and New York. What specifically about those five states makes it? I don't know. That's just what it's available for. I also think it's hilarious because that means, because isn't Kansas City playing the 49ers for the game? Kansas City is playing San Francisco, yes, for the Super Bowl. So with this, the campus of San Francisco 49er fans can raise a a can of truly to toast their team, but Kansas City fans will have to make their own. Oh my God. Can you I imagine think they'll live. Your own? Yeah. I'm sure <laughs> they have a Swifty drink. They're good. No, no, we're not supposed to mention her name. I didn't mention the name. I just mentioned the Swifty. That implies her. <laughs> okay. Kansas so, City, dry rub. <laughs> Keep going. So, anyway, you can go to the site, which is oddly enough for a seltzer drink. It's called givethembeer.com. Okay. And you can order your own. Long backs and long necks. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm just trying to think if, okay, I love buffalo wings 
buffalo sauce. But I don't, I'm like you, I, I tend to lean more towards like the dry rubs. I'm just trying to think what other buffalo flavor or like wing flavor that would be interesting to drink. Like honestly, lemon pepper, I think you could probably make into a tea and it would work. Lemon pepper. Yeah. Maybe. Am I about to revoke your black card now? Okay. First of all, you know, lemon pepper wings slap. Yes, they do. Okay. Very much so. But did you you just put the word lemon pepper? Okay. And tea. And tea. Yes, because we're going with the same idea of making buffalo wing sauce a drink. So I'm trying to think of what other common flavors for wings would make a good drink. Hence, lemon pepper. I drink a lot of lemon tea, and some of them already have ginger added, which adds the sting of pepper. It's a flavor. So if you could pair it off with something, I don't know, maybe with ginger or add a little bit of... Rosemary? No, no, not rosemary. It's a drink, but I'm just trying to think something sweet, like a little bit of honey. That okay. might not be such a bad drink. Okay, I'm I'm kind of working the same trail as you. Okay, okay. I can right. I can kind of see a little bit now. Because that would work better than, I don't know, garlic parmesan. <laughs> just the idea of drinking that is horrid. Yeah, I really would prefer for that not to be a thing. <laughs> Love so, it. If you come up with a lemon pepper, you, just remember to hook a sister up, okay? Because I'm the one who gave you the idea. <laughs> Please refer all inquiries to the gourmet goober. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so our last story is, let's just say the idea of making your own pizza from showbiz pizza, i.e. Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, my God. Charles Entertainment Cheese. You know what? <laughs> Remember we saw that movie about the animatronic killers, the five guys, Five Nights at Freddy's? Yes. Can you imagine that as a cookbook? Okay, that would be lit. <laughs> And after still being horrified by that, <laughs> I would probably say no, but... I would rather have that as a cookbook over Chuck E. Cheese any day. Just saying. And as a side note, if you guys haven't seen Five Night at Freddy's, see it. It's really good. So, suppose the idea of making pizza and washing it down with hot wings, sauce, hard salsa really doesn't float your boat for the Super Bowl. DoorDash got you covered. In fact, they have everything covered. <laughs> So this Sunday, DoorDash is giving one lucky person every single thing that is going to be advertised during the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. Say that again. (laughs) DoorDash has just released an announcement for a campaign that they're calling All the Ads. All the Ads. All the Ads. Put a link of it in the show notes. You can go to their website, which is DoorDashAllTheAds.com, and check it out for yourself. But basically, the idea is that they're going to award one lucky person a chance to win everything that is being advertised throughout the entire Super Bowl experience. Okay, so when you say everything... I mean everything. Cars, mayo, Oreos... M&Ms. In fact, to be exact, they're keeping a running list. So, so far, this is what they're committed to giving you. 1,000 Popeye's chicken wings. 
Now, the good thing is it's redeemed at your convenience, so you don't have to take it all at once. No, I want all the smoke. <laughs> One Kia EV9, which is a three-row electric SUV, 24 Dove bars, 20 packages family size of Oreo cookies, four 12-packs of Starry Drink, one kick of Destiny Helmet from FanDuel, 720 Reese Cups, their new flavor caramel cup. So you get 720 of those. You get one Kawasaki off-roading vehicle. You get 80 drumsticks. I would be down with that. This is a weird one. You get one 30-pound bucket of mayo. I'm sorry, did you say a 30-pound bucket of, like, mayonnaise? Yes, one 30-pound bucket of mayo. And here's the crazy part, because everything else has, like, its own, like, like, for example, Popeye's, you know, they're all branded. No, this is just plain mayo. If you look at the website, it just says mayo. Is it like Duke's mayo? No, like that's the, what I'm saying. It's just mayo. Just random mayo. They just threw in, hey, you're just going to catch can, mayo. Look, it's 30 pounds. It could be multiple brands of mayo in that bucket. Which <laughs> further scares me. 23 gummy cluster bags of nerds. You get one Coors Light cornhole set. Okay, this is crazy. You actually get one Volkswagen. They're committed to giving you one Volkswagen vehicle. On top of an EV also. Yeah, and top of the Kawasaki. But here's the thing. They don't know which Volkswagen is being advertised. They just know it's a Volkswagen. So it literally says Volkswagen vehicle and parentheses. We haven't seen which one yet. 25 cans of Pringles. Aw. One line plushie from Bet MGM. And the reason why is, I guess, legal says that they can't help you gamble, but they can give you a plushie. Okay. Now, State Farm is actually advertising a commercial with Arnold Schwarzenegger as the agent. Sadly, you do not get Arnold Schwarzenegger, but they will give you a red polo and khakis because legally they can't give you insurance. Well, damn. Wait a minute. What'd they do to Jake? Apparently, they took the red polos and khakis. So you too can call someone at home and they'll ask, what are you wearing? And you can legitimately say, red polo and khakis. We love the M&M's peanut butter, so now we can get 288 single candy packs of M&M's peanut butter. We get something called Doritos Damita, so it's a sort of Doritos, 40 packs to be exact. We also get one Budweiser Clydesdale saddle. So sadly, (laughs) not the horse, just the saddle. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see what what, what you (laughs) use this for. (laughs) But wait, there's more. There's more. You also get 16 Mountain Dew Baja Blast assortment. So <laughs> watch that sugar. You get one BMW i5 M60 electric vehicle. And finally, you get one Michelo Ultra cooler. <laughs> In the words of Lionel Richie from way back, <laughs> this is outrageous. <laughs> I don't know whose grand conception this was. (laughs) And I've been kind of like running, like trying to do a running tab in my head. Like, you know, kind of like the price is right. What the overall price for said collection would be. I'm intrigued to see what the, what the 
the grand prize game of this, what what the value, let's What's make the deal price total? would be. Because when they give you stuff, right, you have to pay taxes on it, right? Yes, you have to pay a gift tax. Can you imagine what, just for the vehicles alone. <laughs> so, everybody, if you are listening, you probably noticed there's a little bit of a jump, just a small one. And that is because, unfortunately, I never muted. What? I never muted my phone. Well, if I do everything right, they won't hear the phone ring in post. Okay. But just in case they did, <laughs> I'm not able to work that magic. Then, yeah, we had to pause and take care of an important business, but we are back. So, as we were talking about before our unexpected break, yeah, I mean, just a gift tax alone with just the vehicles would be astronomically insane, right? Yes. <laughs> it would be huge, like crazy huge, like, well, we need to talk to Wayne Brady type, you know, discussion. <laughs> now, their chief marketing officer recently put out a statement because I agree with you, and I'm pretty sure we're not the only ones, right? And thinking this is a little cray-cray. So what Kofi said, Kofi Amu Goffrey, is what started off as connecting consumers with their favorite local restaurants has transformed into a multi-category marketplace where you can get pretty much anything from your local neighborhood delivered, from food to flowers, alcohol. Well, they don't deliver alcohol to us. Retail items and more straight to your door. We believe that there's no better way to showcase what's possible with DoorDash than literally delivering all the big game ads to come to one lucky winner. So if you would like to be that insane person who has like four cars and a lot of chicken wings from Popeyes, to get a shot at winning, you need to crack the code and DoorDash's own Super Bowl advertisement and then enter it on the all the wet all the ads <laughs> all the ads webpage, which I will hopefully put a link to in our show notes. So and while you wait to win, you can clear some space for apparently thirty pounds of mayo. Yeah, you would need a whole new refrigerator for the amount of things that you're getting from this one giveaway. You know what? Just looking at all of those gifts, I mean, some of it isn't entirely bad. I mean, I personally would like to have the Reese Cups because you know me, I'm insane for Reese Cups. And I'm insane for wings. So, And you love Pringles, right? Yes. I also need like, you know, a dress shirt and khakis. They're, having a red polo and khakis on hand is never wrong. <laughs> I, I dare say that Jake from State Farm is always dialing. <laughs> yes. So is there anything on there that you would kind of consider going all the ads for? The cars, easily, but that would be not that I could drive them, but it's the concept of I'm just going to make my own deal with a few, with a few, a few other people later <laughs> on. Honestly, I would like to have the Bud White or Clyde still saddle. I cannot wait to find out why. No, 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 no. I would give it to my dad. When I was a little kid, right, my dad used to love the Clydesdale and the Budweiser commercials. They're his favorite horse. 
So, yeah, I would totally get my dad like a Budweiser Quiet Still saddle. I'm also intrigued, like, is this actually coming from an actual, like, I could see it being made and sent to you, but, like, would it actually come off the back of an actual Clyde Steel horse? Cause well, I that's what just... I'm telling my dad. Okay. As far as he knows, yes. Yeah, because I'm thinking of the distinguishing marks of, <laughs> you know, a traditional horse saddle from that of, like, a Clyde Steel saddle. What would make this exactly that make? Well, Clydesdales are large horses. I'm sure Bud White will have it branded. You know, maybe they'll come with a picture of the horse if it's on. I don't know. I just know it would make my daddy happy, okay? Yeah, but would it make your <laughs> mother happy? Well, yeah, because you would just put it up. It's not like she... Look, I'm just giving him the saddle, not the horse. That might be a little bit more problematic. Although he would enjoy that. He would enjoy it. Your mother, however. That's right. So it's just the saddle. I don't know if she would, you know, because. She would use the saddle as some type of de decoration. You know she's into She interiors. would use it as a punishment. No, no, no. She would hang it out of her. I and don't actually, think it would even enter actually, her house. No, 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 no. No. Because here's the thing. My mother actually likes horses. You don't know that. But I knew because she grew up. A farm in Mississippi, and they had horses, and she talked fondly of our horses. See, there you go. The more you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm still calling Cap. I think they would enjoy it. I would also get down with the 24 Dove bars. I have to say, I would like that. I'm sure you would, but I'm I'm, I'm thinking there's going to be a very large garage sale that will be going on like later in the year. Well, yeah, because obviously we can't keep all the vehicles. I would totally keep the Volkswagen. But here's the thing, and we've talked about this before. While the growth of electrical vehicles are really impressive in how they can be fuel efficient and help save the environment and provide reliable and sustainable modes of transportation, there is one big thing that's not being talked about when it comes to the development of electric vehicles. And the fact is that access to charging stations are not equal depending on what community you live in. So where we live in, and I would imagine a lot of locations where there are black and brown communities, there aren't a lot of charging stations in our area. I would, I would kind of question how far we, one would need to go to get to a charging station. Of course, you can get one if you can afford one added to your house, but not everyone has that luxury, right? So then it comes about, you know, would it be practical to have one of these vehicles? And for me, it, it poses a larger question as these vehicles become more popular. Will it disenfranchise a whole group of people who won't be able to have access to it? Eh, that's their problem. I'll, <laughs> I'll take my chances. Big Daddy's like, I don't care. Let the meat kick. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I understand. Yes, I very much understand what you're saying. <laughs> and I could see that, yes, those could be future ramifications. I'm okay with that. Yeah, because I'll be honest, I would not mind getting the BMW. But it's an electric vehicle. I mean, if it was a hybrid, maybe, but... I know there's a bigger push now to move away from hybrids 
for whatever reason. And so I get that. I'm just wish we had a choice of switching out one or the other. No, and I, I could see that. My mind is like, yeah, that that's an impetus on the government to like put more stations out there. So I very much see what you're saying. And also, let me ask a question. Once again, who is putting together this grand giveaway? It's DoorDash. And the DoorDash, like, you know, where we pick up, like, they deliver things to us, correct? Yeah. Okay. Because I'm not trying to be funny here, but as we have received DoorDash orders before, we're going to get everything on that list. (laughs) Are you afraid that somebody's going to be delivering it to us and there's going to pilfer our wings or something? I'd imagine you sitting there counting. Ninety eight, nine hundred ninety eight, nine hundred ninety nine. Hey, <laughs> the DoorDash person licking their fingers. I don't know what's going on. No, I'm thinking a little <laughs> bit more because you know they they put that that random little thing of tape over the top to make you think that yeah, like it's legit. But my question is, if you order a thousand wings, are they gonna send you like I don't know five hundred drumsticks? Will you even be getting them from the right restaurant? Would you be getting mayo or would you get like, I don't know, tartar sauce? Because, you know, DoorDash does have a problem sometimes with what they say they are delivering and what you receive. Okay, first of all, do we I would get hope the that money the... back from what, like, you know, what because... money back? We didn't put any money into this. But, you know, like, you know, like they say, okay, we're going to send wait, you wait. this. But you know what? I, yeah. I see what you're saying. You're going to say that we didn't get it so you could get like the money value for it. Why are you trying? Why are you trying to knock <laughs> knock my hustle here? I see where you're going with this. Hey, the Kia EV9 was not delivered. Hmm. Let me contact help. <laughs> you know they're only going to give you credit for DoorDash for that, right? So that just means we'll be in DoorDash forever. <laughs> why are you trying to knock my hustle here? I'm trying to, you know. <laughs> To help get the best product out there. And I want to make sure that they're delivering everything they promised to me exactly as they promised. It. Uh, please send all of your <laughs> complaints, not to the Gore Vancouver, but to Big Daddy, a.k.a. T. Allah. <laughs> I can make this happen. <laughs> Matter of fact, you notice that they're sending us like, what was it? What were they sending from the, from the fam duel? I think it's a helmet. A helmet? Yeah. I'd rather have a helmet than the saddle, but am I not getting a... Do I get like a Gronk? No, you don't get the Gronk. Although I want the saddle for my dad. I think daddy would like it. I, I almost do. think I your think dad would be like mad it. at you for this. <laughs> well, okay. Knowing daddy, daddy would want the EV. <laughs> BMW. Even though he can't drive it. That's okay, neither can I, but they, they ain't going to stop me from getting it. And be looking at it, be like, oh, this is really nice. I like this. I ain't going nowhere with it, but I'm just going to sit there and admire it. Okay, on that note, why don't we, I think this is a good time to take a break. Mostly because I'm laughing and crying at the same time. At the idea of you trying to, like, reach out to the whole chat of DoorDash to sweat them out of the price. So while I try to keep Big Daddy out of jail, we're going to take a break and then come back with the best thing we ate this week to round out the podcast. Here, listen to the Gourmet Goober. We'll be right back.
Hey guys, I'm JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober, and I'm here to share this great new recipe journal from author Gaby Loreno. It's a progressive cooking journal designed for short and simple recipes at the beginning before advancing with spaces for longer recipes as you go. It's colorful, fun, fits easily in the kitchen drawer, and it's perfect for any home cook. Best of all, it has over 100 pages for your most beloved culinary delights. Be sure to get your copy today at Amazon.com. Hey everyone, this is JJ Outlaw. And this is T Outlaw. And we are back with the third segment of the Gourmet Cooper podcast, where we reveal the best thing we ate this week. As always, we like to ask our audiences if there is some good grub you want to share with the group. You can drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. And that is, again, thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. And whether it's a local restaurant, a hole in the wall, a food truck, a dive bar, you name it. If they sell food that we would probably want to eat, (laughs) we would really love to hear it from you. Anyway, this week, Big Daddy and I have two extremely different choices of food that just hit the spot since we were last on the mic. Big Daddy, why don't you go first and share with everyone what was the best thing you ate since we last spoke? Well, ladies and gentlemen, the best thing I had this week ironically came, give or give take, about a week ago. So for Christmas I got the Gourmet Goober tickets to see Hamilton. And I don't know if we explained a little earlier. As we talked about it earlier. Right. About us attending Hamilton and, you know, us having a good time. And before we caught the train back, we decided to grab a little grub, you know, waiting for the train. So the Goober is a big fan of this little place called Capriati's. Why? Because she is just in love. I mean, enthralled. That this thing called the Bobby. Yes. It is a delicate, nice little delicacy, nice little sandwich. And it kind of reminds the goober of Thanksgiving dinner. I usually am not of that ilk. Usually I'll just grab a great little cheesesteak from Capriati's and say, hey, this was my party for the day. This time when we found the Capriati's, I said, you know, I was originally going to order a cheesesteak, but this time the goober, the goober's eye caught something that was a little different. It was something called a chopped cheese. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, chopped cheese is usually like a New York t- style sandwich that usually is served in bodegas and or like small restaurants. And it usually is comprised of, you know, t- like a deconstructed burger. And it usually is like made, you know, nice and, and hot, uh, but made like, you know, kind of like homemade. But as opposed to your traditional like burger top, it's made with like, you know, until like a, a delicatessen sandwich. And usually you get one with a, a greasy bag and like a good smell to it. Usually you get served with like chips or fries or something. And it has like top beef and. Right. It's made with chopped beef, American cheese, um, onions, sometimes peppers. Sorry, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, usually, like the things that you would have uh, on a 
like your typical American style, you know, homemade like mama burger, but it's usually served like on a delicatessen bun it's, as opposed to like, you know, a, a ground chuck that's like, you know, compressed into a patty. This is like chopped up meat. And uh, ironically enough, it was made by Capri Eyes, which is, I don't know. I, I kind of call it like, you know, the knee freak of, of sandwiches. So I said, okay, I will, you know, just on a lark, I will try it. Now, granted, you know, I was kind of like when they served it to me, I was kind of looking for like, you know, the greasy bag. And when I did not see, you know, the, I guess the, the wrap they had in wasn't like steaming hot, greasy, you know, with all that good American grease. I kind of got a little like in my feelings, but. Well, as opposed to like imported Italian grease? Yes, I was looking for that good imported <laughs> grease. Okay. You know, where it was just like waiting for it to fall out of the bag type, you know, grease. You know, so in other words, you wanted to look like it came fresh from the bodega, including the cat overlooking the sandwich being made. Yeah, everything but the cat. Okay. <laughs> but I actually have to admit, for minus the grease, for it being like a nice little neat little sandwich, I have to admit, I actually found this thing actually kind of nice. It was a really clean uh, overall feeling. It was actually fairly well seasoned. It actually had the right amount of meat, uh, good American cheese kind of press on it, and uh, the onions and peppers actually came together with a nice fragrant push. And I have to admit, it was actually the best thing I had this week. So with the chopped cheese, like he said, it's normally a, a sandwich that you will find typically in the New York boroughs. It's really popular there, although there's a version of it elsewhere. It comes with American cheese, lettuce, tomatoes, onion, usually at the most basic. It's chopped and mixed together. It's put on a sandwich roll. Is normally grilled or toasted. It's quite similar in some respects to a Philly cheeseburger. Is I, I guess it's like the New York version of that. So chopped cheese as opposed to Philly with ribeye melted cheese. It's normally on a hero roll, but it's the ground beef and cheese that is most basic. Yes. Right. And yeah, Big Daddy first became familiarized with the chopped cheese by Deezus and Mero. Yes. Rest in peace, Deezus and Mero. I mean, they're not dead, okay, but they're no longer performing together. <laughs> and it's someone that admired their work, admired their podcast, The Bodega Boys. It's just sad to see the old boys not kicking it together on Showtime. Especially since that was the only reason why we subscribed to Showtime. We, like, canceled it immediately when they they dropped the show. <laughs> but anyway, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, they, for those of us out away from New York who had been integrated into the love of the chopped cheese, they were really huge champions of the sandwich. So much so that when we started watching Deezus and Mira regularly, their nighttime talk show, we were like, dude, we have to make our own chopped cheese. And so Big Daddy has been obsessed ever since about getting his hands on 
once. And when we saw that Capriati's made their chopped cheese, you were like, dude, we have to try it. So first of all, let me just take a step and say, for him to want to try it and instead of going beyond the cheesesteaks that he normally gets, that's a big deal. Because um, Big Daddy is quite possibly one of the biggest creatures of <laughs> regular comfort that you will ever meet, right? I am. In terms of being adventurous. So stepping out and wanting to try the sandwich itself, I was quite surprised. But seeing how much you enjoyed the burger, it it is really, really good. Now, if you remember, there was a... Because I wanted to see if the Capriati's chopped cheese sandwich right. was actually going to be on level. And was, I knew that it wasn't going to come compare, like, truly to a, like, a true, like, New York, like, let's say, Brooklyn, Bronx, like, Manhattan, like, style chopped cheese. But if you remember right, there was, like, an incident, like, especially with Jesus and Meryl, that kind of precipitated us, you and I, to say we wanted to try this chopped cheese space. If you remember when Jesus and Meryl, like, had their Showtime show, do you remember when they did an interview with, if I believe right, the... The New York influencer cook. Oh, was it Allison? Allison, if I believe right, the last name was Roman. Yes, yes, I remember that. Yes. And she made the chopped cheese and it looked really amazing. And we questioned whether or not she would actually eat it. Yes. Because she just doesn't seem like chop the person that would do that. Exactly. So I said to myself, I wanted to see if this Capriati's was going to be closer to like a New York style, like the one we made, we tried to make. Or would it come closer to, like, the Allison, like, <laughs> style where it was just going to be like, you know, oh, it was cute. It was, like, you know, nice and neat and artesian, but we don't know if they had, like, the real, like, hit to it. And, okay, if you're regular listeners to the show, you'll know that we actually made an episode about some of Allison's more problematic um, episodes that she had within the foodie world particularly as it crossed her criticism of Chrissy Teigen. Yeah. So by the time, and that all happened rather by the time that she made the sandwich. So to be fair, we were kind of questioning whether or not this would be her kind of thing. But yeah, I remember that now. And so understanding that's why that you wanted to do the comparison if you weren't really sure if it was like almost like a Columbus version, a gentrified, okay, a better word for a gentrified chopped cheese. Yes. (laughs) And you said that it seemed like their chopped cheese sandwich came correct. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie and say that it had like, no, because once again, it lacked the grease. It lacked, lacked it. Sorry, excuse me. It lacked the funk. Well, you're not going to get that from like a Capriati's and and like downtown Chicago off the loop. I mean, yeah, there are. I mean, going there would be different than going to like, you know, the Red Hot's place that we used to go get Chicago dogs. Yes. Okay. So you got to think it's a little different than going to Maxwell's. Exactly. Because, you know, it's a franchise and. They all have like identical standards. So the idea that the sandwiches you get there would be exactly the same as the sandwiches that we would get at the Capriati's and what, Hammond or is it Highland? Is it Hammond, right? That we usually stop and get it? Yes. Yeah. But I figured ALs in Chicago, you know, in downtown Chicago. But I also freely admit, because, you know, if you're in the bodega and you see the guy like, you know, 
frying up your chopped cheese uh, meat, you always have to look at the dude in the back. If you're ever going to like certain restaurants, you always have to look at the dude in the back that's making your food. <laughs> and you have to question, is this the kind of food? And th- is this the guy, who, you know, who is making your food? Is this the food you really want? Is he legit? <laughs> and well, I had to make sure. Well, whatever it is, the guy had the sandwich, the sandwich magic. Cause you really enjoyed it, right? I did. Well, awesome. Well, I have to say, <laughs> and before we go any further, I think we need to revisit your, your description of the Bobby, okay? The Bobby, which you introduced at the top of the segment, is the reason why I like to go to Capriati's. It's more than just Thanksgiving in a bun, okay? Okay. For those of you who are listening, the Bobby, which apparently was voted best sandwich in America by some highly muckety-muck who knows better than me. I'm sorry, I forgot about that. (laughs) Yes. Don't forget that part. Boom. (laughs) But on a bun, it is roasted slow. It's carved slow roasted turkey. It has um, stuffing. It has cranberry sauce. It has mayonnaise. This sandwich is so good. Big Daddy knows I have a personal issue with mayonnaise. I've talked about it on the show. It's not my favorite thing. But let me tell you, baby, every piece of the sandwich, from the bun to the cranberry sauce to, yes, even the mayo, is absolutely perfect. The Bobby is, like, insanely good. So good, in fact, that I will only allow myself to get one Bobby a year. Because otherwise, I would just be driving to Hammond all the time and just getting one. (laughs) It's just, is it healthy? No. Is it everything that I would want in a sandwich? Yes. It's like umami on a bun. It really is incredibly good. So I just want to put a word out there. We're going to put a link in the show notes, of course. Try the chopped cheese. It's on, you know, I think it's like a special exclusive that they're running for a temporary time. Yes. For a limited time, rather. But when that runs out and you see yourself drive by a Capriati, so I want you to ask yourself, is this the day that you try a Bobby? Because <laughs> if it is, you will get your life. Y'all like how she gets like down <laughs> deep in the description of the Bobby. Yes. Is this the day that you have your Bobby? <laughs> and so with that, I always have to ask myself, <laughs> when I was sitting there having my chopped cheese, what exactly did you order? I don't think I got the Bobby that time. Wait, did I? I don't remember. Yeah, I did. I got the Bobby. Of course you did. So I would also like to say that, like we talked talked about the top of the show in terms of responsibility, she did mention that she had her Bobby for the year. So the question becomes, will she go back for more in 2024? No, that is my Bobby. Because here's the thing. It's really good. But obviously it's not the healthiest thing to eat that. It's a sandwich every time. All right. It's like. It's umami on a sandwich, on a bun, but it's Kirby umami on a bun, okay? (laughs) So I'm trying to avoid that. So yes, that is the only time that I will allow myself for a Bobby. It's like, it's like that bodega by our house that has like 
the fried Philly cheesesteak that I'll only allow myself one a year, which I've not gotten yet. So yes. So I spent all that cred and got the Bobby right on the beginning of the year. But it was special. We saw Hamilton. It was a perfect end to a perfect Yeah, it was cute, but you know, <laughs> we got like at the end of January. So thus, this means you now have 11 months, give or take. Without my Bobby. Yes. So I want to see how long this lasts. I actually admit I'm going to put in work to see if I can break her like no. her stride. Mm-mm. I'm going to make her before the end of 2024. She will no. see Bobby again. I, I, Bobby and I. Bobby and I are seeing other people until 2025. Uh-huh. We'll see what happens because trust me, <laughs> it'll be like a, like the old Dallas episode where <laughs> Bobby Ewan's coming out of the shower. It's just a dream that I already had. I hadn't had my Bobby for the year. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, my choice for the best thing I ate this week actually is something that I ate today. <laughs> As a matter of fact. Pray tell. So we, I like to tell people we live in the south, south side of Chicago. Um, and Chicagoland. In a whole nother state. We live in the south, south side of Chicago. That's my word. And I'm, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. So the Chicagoland, greater Chicagoland area extends a wide, it's, it casts a wide map net, rather, outside of the greater Chicago area. So it basically wraps around Lake Michigan. Yes. So across the border where we live in Northwest Indiana, some of the good stuff that you can get in the city, i.e. poke bowls, are not something that can be easily obtained and are neck of the woods. However, they are rapidly expanding new eating experiences around where we are. And I have been craving a good poke bowl, which if you've not had had a poke bowl, it's a a delicacy. It comes from Hawaii. And of course it does because they're surrounded by such great natural seafood. But basically, the best way I can describe it is sort of like, you know, a friend of mine described it as like sushi in a bowl. But it's so much more than that. So you usually get a bowl of like rice and or salad baits and it's topped with everything from like seaweed to jalapenos and then really great sushi great fish and farm fresh veggies, right? Um so generally speaking, in the Midwest, pokey um as you know, a dining experience has really exploded, I would say, in the Chicagoland area right before the start of the pandemic. And now we're really lucky because in Northwest Indiana, there are two locations, including one in Crown Point, that you can take advantage in getting this delivered to you fresh, or you can stop by the restaurant again and a place that traditionally you wouldn't think of as being a stronghold for this dining experience. So the name of the restaurant is called Poke Brothers. Again, there are two locations. The location that I went through is Crown Point, but I also had one. I believe there's one in Cherville. And if there is, I'll put the link to it in the show notes as well. So we're discussing the Crown Point location where they have specialty bowls that you can get 
with the main source of protein is ranges anywhere from chicken to um sashimi grade salmon and ahi tuna and um I believe you can get calamari and octopus, just a whole range of really delicious, surprisingly fresh for our area, right? Um seafood that you can get either pre-made in a bowl or you can do what I did and create your own. Again, really, really great. Actually, very affordable as well, which I really love about it. And yeah, they're apparently all over the Chicagoland area, which is really, really nice. But they're really starting to build in Northwest Indiana too, which is great. I had one of those experiences where I was, like I said, dealing with things with you know, my work situation and things like that. But I was also craving salmon. You ever get to a point where you're like doing stuff and, you know, you're typing salmon. <laughs> you're like walking the dog, salmon. <laughs> so after about four or five times of this hitting my brain, you know what? Maybe I should get salmon for lunch. You know, it's healthy. <laughs> so that's what I got. And it it is really it was really 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 good so i cannot recommend them enough and hopefully you'll get a chance if you're locally you can get a chance to really try them for yourself so what type of vegetables come with the the poke bowl well it's ooh, it depends like you can get like everything from like cucumber like i said jalapeno i usually as a base um, utilize salad greens along with rice so I can balance it out. They really do a good job of just giving you a nice fresh range of veggies that are there. Everything from like savory to like prepared and pickled items to fresh produce is part of it. Okay. So do you think that, you know, with the influx of the Poke Brothers, you think that this region will become like kind of a pokey hotspot? You know what? I actually think so. Because I have been seeing, like, for example, over the past few years, like mochi, which is um kind of a, it's sort of like a Japanese Hawaiian-inspired treat where it's sort of a chewy, it's like ice cream wrapped in a thin layer of Chewy mocha mochi's rice cake, right? I think I shared it with you before, right? So, so. yeah. So, it used to be that, you know, the idea of getting mochi, which you can also order from Pokey Brothers, was like, you know, if you ask like a good old Midwesterner, hey, you know, want to get some mochi, and they look at you like, what? Where do you get that mochi from? Exactly. But now there's several places in Northwest Indiana you can get it. Just like there's that new place down the street from us that are now doing like um, Korean barbecue. Okay. So the really great thing is we're in a time where we're seeing a lot more creativity than your standard meat and potatoes that a lot of people will assign culinary speaking to the Midwest. So, yeah, I, I personally think that it's a good sign that there's multiple locations, even where we live, that there's an opportunity for that to expand as people's taste changes. 
The example I'd like to give is when I lived in Indianapolis, my family used to give me the stink eye when I would come and visit them and have bring sushi with me. And I would offer my siblings a chance, like, hey, you want to try this? And I'm like, nah, man, we don't want to eat baked. I came home recently to visit my family. Right. And lo and behold, my sister and the oldest of my two younger brothers, they both eat sushi now. Which shocks me, but now (laughs) they refine their palate. So basically, I'm the caveman. Yes, you are the caveman and won't try it. (laughs) But the point I'm trying to make is they're the perfect example of where people, unfortunately, have... um, You know, the whole idea of it being flyover country and they have like very traditional tastes. And to a certain degree, that is true. But that's not the case that we would think of in the regular sense anymore. And I'm happy to see that. So even where I grew up, I was surprised when I went to visit and seeing all the different type of cuisines that when I was a kid, you could only get downtown or you could only get in a bigger, you know, area. You know, the fact that down the street from where my parents are, you can get boba tea. That's huge. It's something as simple as that. So yeah, to answer your question, I really hope that we'll see more of that because it's really healthy. It's really fresh. You can get a lot of, you know, just endless opportunities to come up with a different bowl every time you visit. And it's really delicious. So, do recommend Pokey Brothers if you're in the area. So, do you think your parents would actually come around? Absolutely and come like... not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't finish the question, and she gave me an answer. Okay. That said, <laughs> the fact that my siblings do it, that's as good as you're going to get. <laughs> Understood. Okay, on that note, we're going to wrap things up on this supersized episode of the Gourmet Gooper. Thank you for hanging with us. We know it's a little longer than our typical episode, but we've been away for a while. We had a lot to say, y'all. So, Big Daddy, where can they find you online? Well, once again, you can find me online at T-Outlaw, that's T-O-U-T-L-A-W, on the X. X. And you can also find me on IG at T-Outlaw, Josie Wells. You can find me for now, and the clock is ticking. On Twitter, I'm not going to call it X. It's Mama called it Twitter. I won't call it Twitter. <laughs> Thank you, coming to America. <laughs> but anyway, I'm at JJ Outlaw. Um, hit me up on Spotable and other places. I'm either at JJ Outlaw or Gourmet Goober. If you see it, it's me. Um, you can catch me on Instagram and Threads at JJ. I'm sorry, at Gourmet Goober. Um, hit us up on the Gourmet Goober at gmail.com. The Gourmet Duber, Duber, the GourmetGoober.com is still there. So check us out with recipes and things like that. And you want to see us in the next couple of weeks because um, since I have a little bit more time, I'm doing a redesign of our webpage for that, as well as our distributor, Plum Good Media. So take a peek. You can see everything from advertisement or you can support the show. Um, you can sign up for our newsletter, which is relaunching and coming. And yeah, it's just a whole bunch of great stuff at, again, thegourmetgoober.com. So for Big Daddy and I, we want to say thank you for listening. 
We can't wait to be out with our new episode in the next couple of weeks or so. But until next time, happy eating. Happy eating. <laughs>